he was an accomplished artist for sure. Um, but he also had a really troubling uh, history and legacy as a slave owner, as a vocal critic of abolition, as a white supremacist who unearthed the, the graves of black and indigenous people in order to measure their skulls and create a scientific argument for white supremacy. And all of this stuff started coming to the fore about 10 years ago. This conversation really became front and center for Audubon entities. That was New York City Audubon Executive Director Jessica Wilson. And this is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm your host, Amber Castillo. Last March, the New York City chapter of the Audubon Society voted to take flight from its past, shedding the name of John James Audubon, a figure intertwined with naturalist art and a legacy of white supremacy. In an effort to embrace inclusivity and reflect the diverse communities across the city, the organization is now looking for a new name. They're also inviting all New Yorkers to be part of the change. Today, we dive into why this name change matters, the history behind it, and how it's shaping the future of bird conservation in New York City. To start, I'll share a quick highlight from the New York City Audubon's monthly membership meeting that took place on January 23rd. This is Karen Benfield, president of New York City Audubon's board of directors. As many of you will well know, in 2022, the New York City Audubon Board of Directors and staff conducted an in-depth and rigorous assessment of the Audubon name and what it meant to us. And as an urban chapter, we really wanted to determine the extent to which our name posed any kind of a barrier to other people joining our work now or in the future. We wanted to think about how our name could diminish our impact in the future, or whether it was, in fact, diminishing our impact or ability to have impact now. The National Audubon Society determined in March of last year that they would retain their name and not make a change. But as an urban chapter, we began a process around that time of education and consideration for ourselves. And we uh, analyzed the impact that the Audubon name has on our mission to protect wild birds and to engage all New Yorkers in the very important work of bird conservation. We didn't take this assessment lightly at all. We've been a very proud member of the National Audubon Society, and we remain a proud member of the National Audubon Society. We know that we've benefited from the visibility of the name Audubon. However, in talking with volunteers and members and partner organizations and program participants over time, we ultimately concluded that for us, the Audubon name stands in the way of our engaging diverse audiences and effectively bringing in other people to join our work advocating for and protecting birds. So the board of directors announced its decision to drop Audubon from our name in March, 2023. And we began a process to come up with a new name. So our board will vote on the name in late March, but since the moment of our decision, we have endeavored to create a process for coming up with a new name that is thorough and inclusive. Last year, we formed a task force to take on some of the most important aspects of our name change. Uh, we have a, rage, a wide range of ages, backgrounds, and perspectives represented on the task force to ensure that we consider all facets of our name and avoid blind spots. We collected name suggestions throughout last year in person, online, through our print and online communications, and on our many social media platforms. 
So we're now collecting feedback on those name options to make sure that we can come up with a name that represents our work to protect birds and habitat in an urban environment. And it has to be something that is inclusive and welcoming for all. And that's been our guiding bottom line. After the meeting, I spoke with NYC Audubon Executive Director Jessica Wilson. Jessica told me more about what the chapter uncovered about their founder over the past few years. And while she says Audubon's past started emerging about a decade ago, Wilson credits the Black Lives Matter movement, pandemic-era inequalities, and the murder of George Floyd for driving it front and center. I've always been into nature and animals. I grew up in New York City, and birds and animals were really, that's that was one of the most accessible forms of wildlife for a, for a city kid. I was lucky to, you know, get involved with some bird walks when I was in high school. I studied um, bird behavior and ecology in college and have always been passionate about protecting natural resources and getting other people excited in, in getting them to take part in conservation action. And were there ever in your experiences or, or before um, this process around the name change, were there any ever any conversations you had with other birders or any indications of, you know, this this isn't as accessible for, for everyone? I mean, certainly it was no secret that especially when I started birding, um, birding was very much the domain of uh, an older, affluent, largely white and college educated group of people. Um and that that was always that was always people's lament that you know they need to get younger generation more folks and more folks into birds and nature, but in the last I guess fifteen or twenty years there's been increasing awareness about not just the desire to do that but the need to do it because conservation can't just be for a select few. It, we need we need everybody involved. We need all New Yorkers involved in taking action to protect wildlife to um, fight climate change, or we're not going to be successful. You know, that's especially true because it is brown and black communities. It's people without access to nature that are disproportionately affected by climate change. And without involving everyone in that fight, then, you know, all of New York is going to suffer. Yeah. And then when you uh, when you said about 15 years or so ago, you noticed an increased uh, an increasing awareness of mm -hmm maybe diversity, inclusivity mm -hmm. issues within the world of birding. Could you speak a little bit about that and, and maybe what you or, or others who have maybe done some research in this work mm -hmm. attribute that to? Yeah, well, it, you know, it went way beyond just 15 years ago. I, I think there's always been conversation about the need to get more people involved. I wasn't, I should say that I wasn't part of a sort of dedicated birding world for much of my life, right? I, I joined, I've been involved in environmental conservation and education for a long time. So I'm not sure exactly what conversations were happening 20 or 30 years ago, but certainly in this country in the last decade or more, there's just been increased conversation for the need to bring in people with different backgrounds and different perspectives. Those conversations, of course, were happening in brown and black communities forever. This has not been a secret but it really came to the fore several years ago. And I'm embarrassed that we didn't talk about it earlier. And especially with the pandemic, you know, with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, it became, it became clear that there was an imperative to do this. Um, the Audubon name change fits right in with that. Our organization, New York City Audubon, is a chapter of the National Audubon Society. 
We've been around for about 45 years, but many Audubon entities all over the country have been, a lo- been around much longer. Um, and they were, all of them named um, for John James Audubon, who was a popular artist and ornithologist active between about 1820 to 1850. He didn't found these organizations, but they were named for him because he was an accomplished artist and he popularized birding and study of nature and observation. But he had a a much darker legacy. He was an accomplished artist for sure, um, but he also had a really troubling uh, history and legacy as a slave owner, as a vocal critic of abolition, as a white supremacist who unearthed the the graves of black and indigenous people in order to measure their skulls and create a scientific argument for white supremacy. And all of this stuff started coming to the fore about 10 years ago. This conversation really became front and center for Audubon entities. And all many of these chapters and and Audubon groups around the country in 2020 um, started really assessing the legacy of the Audubon name. New York City Audubon was one of those. And in 2022, we started a robust assessment looking at the impact of the Audubon name on our work, Um, thinking about whether the Audubon, the name Audubon helped or hurt our work in conservation science, in engaging communities we haven't worked with before, in advocating for protecting birds. And talk to so many stakeholders and partners Um, people that we were already engaged with our programs and people that we hope to engage and concluded after an eight-month assessment that the Audubon name stood in the way of our work to engage New Yorkers and to protect wild birds and habitat. New York City Audubon isn't the only chapter working to take a stance against a racist legacy. In 2022, Seattle became the first large chapter to publicly break from Audubon. It's now Birds Connect Seattle. I spoke with Claire Catania, executive director of the Seattle chapter, to learn more about the process and how members reacted. She explained that when they first announced their name change, they received hate mail from across the country. But locally, their members were overwhelmingly supportive. And while there were some vocal exits, many more expressed their gratitude for the effort to be more inclusive. Similar to Claire's experience, During the New York City meeting last month, talk of the name change was met with questions like, do we expect to lose members or donors? But Vivek Sriram, a chapter board member, said they expect they'll end up with an even larger base of supporters. And already, the chapter has welcomed new members and expects money from big grant makers that may not have considered donating in the past. To learn more about how you can get involved in the renaming process, or get involved with the New York City chapter, check out the links in our show notes. Keep in mind, the clock is ticking. Community members have until the end of the month to rank vote new names. That's all for today. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. For more stories like this, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at epicenter-nyc.com. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Karavika. You can find more of their music on their website, linked to in our podcast description.